Welcome back to Provo. BYU football and Wisconsin walks away a winner. 40-6 is our final score. Our thanks to Utah Community Credit Union at UCCU. You can get a low fixed rate on a home equity line of credit and lock in that low rate for 10 years with absolutely no closing fees. To learn more, visit uccu.com. You've got to go back to, 19, uh, to 2011 when BYU lost at home to Utah 54-10 to to find a, a loss or defeat by a wider margin than the 34 points today. 40-6 is the Wisconsin over BYU final score. Let's take a look at how this thing went down. Wisconsin ended up with 491 yards of offense to BYU's 192. Wisconsin, the embodiment of balance. 235 rush, 256 pass. BYU 81 rush, 111 pass. So BYU's rush average. Mark, after the first quarter, BYU had 79 rushing yards. Yeah. They had two the rest of the game. No way. Two yards. They also two, had two rush yards in the final three quarters. I, I thought they had time of possession. I thought they had a positive. Uh, well, they finished minus 20 minutes. So it but I know, been, but in the first well, quarter, yeah. I felt wow. as though that was the case. So BYU ends up minus 20 minutes or more for the second time in four games. They're not getting the opponent off the field. They're not moving the chains when their offense is on the field. It's as rough an offensive start to a season as BYU will have ever had. Again, just two rushing yards after the first quarter of play to finish with 81 on the day. Penalties, Wisconsin 6 for 56, BYU 5 for 33. Those were not the issue today. First downs, they were the issue. Wisconsin had 28 of them, BYU 11. Third downs, Wisconsin was 67%, BYU was 41%. Total plays, BYU under 50 again. 46 plays of offense. BYU a few years ago ran more plays than almost any team in college football. And they were now running they're having 46 a, having and a, a half. tough time getting to 50. So 29 in the first half, 17 in the second half. 17 plays run after halftime. Wisconsin's yet to allow a point after halftime this year, by the way. BYU's yards per play went from 5.8 at halftime to 4.8 for the game, telling you what kind of second half they had. They were 2-for-2 two two in the red zone, both field goals. Again, possession time 40-20 to 20 in Wisconsin's favor. BYU minus 2 in the turnover margin. So BYU's forced only 3 turnovers in 4 games. They averaged almost 3 turnovers a game, 2.5 a, a game last year. Takeaways, that is. BYU averaged almost 2.5 takeaways per game. BYU was second nationally in takeaways last year. Helps you to get to 9-4. and four. When you have 3 turn- takeaways in 4 games, it's why you're 1-3. and three. You're one of the reasons. Bo Hodge, 11 for 20, 111, zero touchdowns, two picks, passer rating of 81.6. And Alex Hornibrook had a day for the books, 18 for 19, 256, four touchdowns, no picks, passer rating 277.4. Recall for me what his winning completion was, what kind of play it was, how they went incomplete. Oh, it was a drop pass. He, uh, the one pass that he threw, there was a guy about down here on about the 30-yard line, and uh, he... Uh, Caught the ball and it fell oh, that's out. Right. That's right. Caught it, couldn't regain yeah, it. Couldn't. Yeah, bobbled it. Okay, yeah. so it was a, really a catchable ball. Yeah, it was. So it should have been 19 for 19. It's a drop that makes it, it 18 for 19. So Hornybrook, uh, just an amazing day. Passer rating 277.4. And again, you go back, again, I just go back 10 years right now, but in the last decade, that's the best pass efficiency day for any quarterback against BYU. And he ended the game on 14 straight completions, included were three touchdowns in those 14. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor. 
Just a ho-hum, 128 yards on 18 carries, average of 7.1, long of 18. He's the lead ground gainer for Wisconsin, which gained 235 yards on the ground. Taylor had most of them. Ula, tulu, uh, tulu, Ula Tolu Tau, after a strong start, didn't see much of him in the last half. Three carries and eight yards in the second half. So 13 carries, 58 is his total long of 18. So he and Taylor tie for the long run of the day, average of 4.5 for Tolu Tau. Kofensis had a cameo, had a couple of carries for seven yards. Leading yeah. receiver, Talon Shumway, 4 for 29, long of 8 is all. And Micah Simon had the big play of the day, 50-yard catch, ended up 3 for 60 on the afternoon. Uh, leading receiver for Wisconsin, uh, Quintez Cephas, 5 for 54, including two touchdowns. He came in with one on the season. Mark will recap the scoring for us. Tell us how we got to 40 to 6 at okay, the end of all this. Okay, well, it was uh, 24 to 6 at half. Uh, BYU had two field goals, and... Uh, Wisconsin had a field goal and three touchdowns. So in the second half, in the third quarter, uh, Horningbrook hit A.J. Taylor with an 18-yard TD pass. It was a 78-yard drive. PAT was good by Rafael Gaglioni. Oh, you were so dang close. When, when you got to Gagli, I thought you were going to get Gaglioni. it. Gaglioni. 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 Oh, there I know it is. It, I got it. All right, and uh, so uh, in the start of the fourth quarter, Wisconsin uh, intercepted a BYU pass at the uh, BYU 34-yard line, and Hornibrook hit uh, Troy Fumagalli with a uh, 19-yard TD pass. Now, Fumagalli is a really good tight end. He came in as their leading catch receiver, and uh, I thought that uh, for some reason they didn't go to him a he whole lot today. He had two for 39 and a score today. Yeah. PAT was good, 38-6, to six, and then with 6 minutes and 41 seconds to go, Bo Hodge left the pocket. Ran into the end zone, got in trouble, didn't throw the ball away, and uh, ended up fumbling out of the end zone and gave Wisconsin a safety. So the final score, 40-6 to six in favor of Wisconsin. The Badgers did it a lot of different ways. Five touchdowns, one field goal, and one safety. You convert five touchdowns, add a field goal and a safety, you get to 40. And that's how we get to 40-6. to six. And so in two of their four games, BYU's been held without a touchdown. Scored two against Portland State. Two against Utah, nothing against LSU in the way of points, and only two field goals against Wisconsin. So four touchdowns through four games is not going to get it done. That's why you are one and three through four games. And BYU for the second straight year goes to one and three. Let's take a look at our Ken Garf keys to the game today. Mark Lyons brings them to us in the pregame. <laughs> we'll tell you that uh, Ken Garf Volkswagen of Orem. We're excited to announce our new dealership will be opening its doors in November. Visit our new showroom on University Parkway. Ken Garf, we here, Cougs, and we are brought to you every game by the Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen dealerships, proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. Mark, what were your Ken Garf keys to the game? Number one was bring the heat to melt the cheese. And bring the heat to melt the cheese. That's right. you got to bring the heat to melt the cheese. And I, I'm really surprised that BYU didn't do that much defensively to attack. They just kind of took it. And offensively, they started off with some stuff, you know, with the uh, putting uh, Kofensis in the Wildcat. Uh, but after that, there was no attack. You thought they'd do better against the Cheddar, <laughs> didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah for, Wisconsin, I, I, it was, for Wisconsin, it was kind of a breeze today. I could kind of say that I uh, wish I took yeah. the Swiss. Yeah. But uh, number two, yeah. there were too many holes out there for them to run through, and uh, it was like Swiss cheese. So uh, they still have to run the ball effectively and help reduce the pressure on the quarterback. And in their first possession, they did. 
and uh, they, they even had another second drive that they ended up with a field goal. So they got two good drives. Uh, second half, of course, again, they had that same problem at LSU. They didn't cross the 50. In fact, they didn't cross the 40. And so then third, receivers have got to get open and they've got to catch everything, make first downs, keep drives alive, score points. And uh, so uh, a lot of those things weren't able to happen. And again, uh, I hate to go with a really good opponent uh, excuse, but uh, Wisconsin was way better than BYU today. And so uh, I think that uh, BYU has some work to do. BYU wants to be in this particular category. They, they want to be in that uh, same realm with LSU and with Wisconsin. Well, after today, BYU is officially averaging fewer than 10 points per game. It's tough. That's 120. They came in 124th in the yeah. nation in scoring. They're now, they have 39 points in four games. Yeah, I think that's about what their average was, wasn't it? 12 and 3. No, I mean, they, uh, no they were at 30s. 11. They were at 11. They were at 33 through 3. They were averaging 11 points per game. They're now down to 9.8. Well, wait. So, through Mark, three, they were 11 three, points a game, but yes, they scored 12 today. No, no, they're they're 30, 33 <laughs> points in three games is 11 points per game. Now they're at 9.8. So BYU through four games is officially under 10 points per game. And you don't win games under 10 points per game. Yeah. That, so they've scored 10 points in the first quarter, 10 in the second quarter, 6 in the third quarter, and 13 in the fourth quarter. That's a good game. If you score 39, that's a good game for you. And BYU's at 39 through four games. So things have to change and keep changing. All right. That is a post-game recap. By the way, that safety that... Uh, BYU Wisconsin scored today as uh, the first one against BYU since Houston scored in 2013, a safety against the Cougars. And it's the first time since 1970. Can this be right? Wow. So two of the first four games have gone without a touchdown, right? Yeah. BYU's had, it's the first time since 1970 that BYU's had two games without a touchdown in a season. So since Lavelle Edwards started coaching here, BYU never had two games in a year. Without a, touchdown. Without a touchdown. And they have two in the first four of this year. That's hard to believe. But I believe it because Ralph tells me it. I believe it. All right, that's your postgame recap. We've got Postum, Cougar Postgame Live. Next, Ben Bagley hosts. We'll have, we'll have a press conference sound and more from that. That's coming up next. 40-6, to 6, Wisconsin over BYU here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Welcome into Cougar Postum Post Game Live. I'm your host, Ben Bagley, filling in for Jason Shepard. Let's get your reaction to tonight's game as BYU falls today against the Wisconsin Badgers, 10th ranked Wisconsin Badgers, 40 to 6 at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Chime in on Twitter. You can tweet me at Ben Bags with your thoughts on today's game. In fact, let's go right there. Uh, Cougar Chaps tweets in, certainly after half game, halftime adjustments slowed BYU's offense, but it also seems BYU went away from what was working. Well, 
In response to that tweet, there were halftime adjustments. Unfortunately, those adjustments meant trying to play catch-up. Greg and Mark mentioned it in the previous segment that the Cougars went away from Ulutulatau in the second half, only three carries in the second half for eight yards. Part of that is because the run game, well, they had to pass. They had to throw the ball. They are trying to get back in the game. They are playing catch-up. That happens. The bright spot was that in the first half, it was working. The Ula was working. The Austin defenses came in and gave a spark. The Bo Hodge getting his first stop start gave a spark. But when Wisconsin did to BYU what we were looking for BYU to do with Wisconsin, made them a one-dimensional team, things changed. Thanks for your response there on Twitter at Cougar Chap. So you can send those tweets in. Send them to me, at Ben Bags. We'll get to some of your tweets. We'll get to the college scoreboard. We'll also get to the podium as Kalani Sataki and some of the players are expected to join us to talk about today's game. But first, let's talk about some of the thoughts from today's game. BYU begins this season now 1-3 and three for the second time in as many seasons. No better time for a bye week than right now for the Cougars as they need to get some things figured out. Losing your starting quarterback, shifting to a different, a first year, a freshman running back, to some freshman inexperienced guys on the talent, on the edges and the wide receiver. It's a good time for BYU after this rough four-game stretch in which they faced two top twenty, two top 10 teams and a University of Utah team in a tough rivalry game. It would be a good time for this BYU team to kind of sit back, take a day or two away from football, reassess, then get things going. We'll see how they respond during the bye week and get ready as they come back against Utah State two weeks from now on a Friday night. Another in-state opponent, another game which means more maybe to Utah State than Utah BYU, but this year can't be the case. BYU needs a victory. they got to focus on Utah State, and they've got two weeks to do so. With just six points scored in this game, it may seem kind of weird to say this, and it, you get that bitter taste in your mouth, but I think in the first half we saw some improvement offensively. We saw a little bit of a flare. We saw different options. We saw something. Unfortunately, it never really turned into points. I mean, we got a couple of field, the Cougars got a couple of field goals out of it, didn't get it into the end zone, didn't really kind of register in the box score. But you saw something, and it got Cougar fans a little bit excited in the first half. Unfortunately, the second half really kind of dampened that excitement. And let's be honest, Mark said it. He doesn't want to, you don't want to keep going to the – they played another good opponent card, but they did. Wisconsin might be one of the best teams in the country. Some experts have them picked in the final for the college football playoffs. Still a lot to play out by then. But even with that being said, and it's not an excuse, it's a fact – BYU fans, coaches, and players expect a better showing. They expect they expect to compete with, with Wisconsin, with LSU. They didn't really do such today. That's where the disappointment comes from, not just to the fans. I know the fans are feeling it. I look at my Twitter feed, I see it. Hey, there's some frustration out there, and there should be. But that frustration is also being felt by players and coaches, and we've talked about them. They're looking for answers. They're looking for a way to figure out what's ailing this offense. And frankly, another thought from today, BYU's defense struggled. Against LSU, they gave up points. They gave up yards, but they still were stout. They walked away from that game feeling good about themselves. I don't know that the BYU defense can necessarily do that today, giving up 40 points. Wisconsin scores on every one of their first-half possessions, including a field goal and three touchdowns. You look at some of the stats Wisconsin put up offensively. 
7.2 yards of play the Badgers had. Jonathan Taylor, 18 carries, 128 yards. It wasn't his 200-plus that he had last week against Florida Atlantic, but they didn't need it. They gave the ball to multiple running backs today for Wisconsin. In fact, if you look at the box score, looks like they had seven, eight different running backs carry the ball. Well, seven if you count this. They're counting the sack for Alex Hornibrook there. But seven different running backs carrying the ball, averaging 4.8 yards of carry, and BYU gave up 235 on the ground today to the Wisconsin Badgers. Alex Hornibrook, speaking of him, wow, he looked good today. 18 of 19, only 19 passing attempts, converted on 18 of them. The one incompletion, a dropped ball. 256 yards, four TDs, and a 277.4 quarterback passing rating, which is really good. Which is really good. In fact, uh, at uh, Tommy Johnson tweets in, who was the last QB that played this well against BYU? I don't know. Did some research. Cole in the radio studios did some research. And in 2000, right, Cole? Troy Noons from Syracuse had a 325. 325 QBR against the BYU Cougars. Going clear back to the year 2000. Y2K, if you remember that. Maybe that's what Y2K was all about. So the, I, that's 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 the last one we could find in doing a little bit of research, but going clear back to 2000, Troy Noons from Syracuse. So the other part of that for the defense, they had three sacks against Portland State up until the fourth quarter when Corbin Kafusi got a sack late on a Hornibrook. That was the only three sacks BYU recorded all season long. They need to get more pressure. As bad as the cheese puns were from Greg and Mark, Got to bring the heat to melt the cheese. They didn't do that today. And Alex Hornibrook had a great game with 18 of 19, 256, four touchdowns, and a 277 quarterback rating. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at postum.com. Coming up, we'll get you down to the postgame press conference where Kalani Sataki will address the media. Cougar Postum Postgame Live continues next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Ben Bagley here with you on the Cougar Postum Post Game Live. As we await Kalani Sataki and some players at the post game press conference, let's catch you up on some scores from around the country. BYU's next opponent, the Utah State Aggies, they traveled to Wake Forest today, and it wasn't good for the Aggies. They fell to the Demon Deacons 46 to 10. Utah State now. One and two on the season. BYU one and three. Those two teams will face a week from the upcoming Friday. Two weeks from yesterday. Uh, looking at some other scores around the top 25. Games in action right now. East Carolina, also a future opponent of BYU, had an early lead on Vatech. That's got long, long gone. As 16th ranked Vatech is now up 50 to 17 with about two minutes left in the third quarter. 20th ranked TCU, they're up on SMU 42-29. Here's a TD pass from that game. Kenny in the pocket, rolling to his left. Sets and fires, middle of the field. There's a pile of people there going up, coming up. He got it! He went up higher than everyone else! And he hauled it in for the score! Jalen Rager, the freshman from Waxahachie! And the Horned Frogs will take a lead into the locker room. 
Brian Estridge on the call from the TCU Sports Network and IMG Network. TCU up 42-29 with 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Battle of the top 12, top 25 teams, 24th-ranked Florida and 23rd-ranked Tennessee. Low-scoring affair. In fact, once again, the Florida defense coming up big for the Gators. Snap to Dormady from the goal line. Looking, looking, fires the pass out to the right. It's intercepted by C.J. Henderson. He's got a walk-in. He's got a touchdown on a pick six. Oh, my. C.J. Henderson. A pick six for the Gator defense. His second in two games in a Gator uniform. And the Gator defense has scored another touchdown. And the Gators now lead 12-3. Nick Gerbert there from the Gator IMG Network. Florida up 13-3. Tennessee driving, though. About 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter in that game. Florida, BYU has uh, talks about offensive struggles. Florida, their defense has scored more than their offense this season. Uh, in an interesting game, 15th-ranked Auburn. They're leading Mercer, but it's 17-3. Who knew Mercer? Apparently a football powerhouse. At the half, number five, Ohio State up 17-7 on Army. 21, Washington State early in the first quarter up 7-2 on Oregon State. Tulane and second-rate Oklahoma. Looks like they're 0-0 in the first. Other scores that have gone final from earlier today, number seven, Michigan, 29-13 victors over the Air Force Academy. Oklahoma State, number nine in the country, and they put it on pit. 59 to 21 and in an upset an upset in top 25 action it was the memphis tigers upsetting the ucla bruins 25th ranked in the country they won't be ranked come monday morning memphis gets a 48 45 victory much in thanks to this fourth down stop and this is it fourth down about four and a half Here's your ball game. 48-45 scores. Starks is the running back. Blitz coming up the middle. Rosen looks. Throws underneath. Knocked away. No flag. And that'll do it. He tried a crossing route, but it was knocked away at the last moment. Josh Lewin from the UCLA IMG Sports Network there as the Memphis Tigers get a 48-45 victory in the lone upset thus far in the top 25. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at Postum.com. We'll have more of Cougar Postum postgame live coming up after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Post and Post Game Live. My name is Ben Bagley. Let's go down to the podium where head coach Kalani Sataki addresses the media. Possessions, turnover margin. I mean, there's a lot of things that we need to improve on. Uh, but, you know, just, uh, just got the bike comes at a good time. So have to evaluate some, some things. And we got a lot, lot more games left in the season. So got to find ways to win games. And that's what our focus is, our focus is going to be on. And uh, just disappointed about the, the result, obviously. But. It's a great team, and I mean, if we played our best game, I don't know what, what the outcome would have been, even even with that. So, uh, that, that's the type of team that we aspire to be, and you know, with that pro style uh, run and pass game, they did a good job keeping keeping us on our heels, and and they possessed the ball, and then they did play some great defense. So, um, I'll open up for questions now. The emphasis, Kalani, has been getting stronger in the trenches. Mm-hmm. This game it didn't seem to show very much at all. No, it, it was it was evident that you know getting overwhelmed. I don't think we, um, you know, I, I, we want to see how we measure up, and obviously there's the answer. So, 
uh, you know, just not to make any excuses, but that's it was a gl- good clinic, you know, for us to see and what we want to be and, and what it takes. I mean, you know, we, we had some guys go down early and, and uh, we rely on our depth to get them come in and, and help provide some help, but, you know, that just wasn't happening. They, on the other hand, lose a couple of linemen and they just keep replacing it. Their depth is really nice and uh, that, that, that's a really run, uh, well-run team. The program's they're doing great, you know, and, and, and Paul Chris has done a great job with that group. Any similarity to this outcome versus what LSU did? Well, I, think, I thought we played better defense in, against LSU. You know, I, I think this one was uh, – I don't, I don't know. I mean, look at the number of plays. Um, we got, what, eight more plays. So uh, it's, just, it's just difficult to win games when you're getting under 200 yards of production and you're not getting in the end zone. So – um, and then when our defense isn't playing great, um, there's a result, 40 to six. So we got a long ways to go, but we had a lot more, a lot of season to play. So uh, we'll take advantage of the bye week and try to figure our things out, try to help ourselves win games. And um, yeah, if, if we want to be as good as these great teams, then we need to play them. Obviously, Bowl was put in a pretty difficult position. How how would you evaluate how he? Well, it wasn't great, but I mean, he, I thought he did well to begin with, and then I thought, you know, the turnovers I'm not happy with. That's something that, that we can't do, and there's times to just throw the dang ball away, you know, and um, and we just got to keep sustaining drives. I mean, we, we weren't able to even get get any momentum going, you know, and got to get in the end zone. and um, just, just wasn't how I pictured our offense performing today. I thought we started to get some momentum early on, and they, they they made some adjustments and we couldn't we couldn't adjust to that so um, just got to score more points. What were they able to do with their pass game? Eighteen of nineteen and the one was one the butch had to claw away. What were they doing so effectively that they were able to throw it so well? Oh, they're just beating our corners. I mean that's what it came down to it, you know. And um, I don't know in comparison how these guys are to the receivers are compared to LSU or Utah, but. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie about it. The corners need to play better. I mean, they, they were skinny posts and digs. And so cover them. That's what, we, that's what we try to do, play a little bit man and try to lock it up. And then we got to get to the quarterback, got to pass rush. Um, but what they do effectively is that they run the ball, and so their play action holds the D-line a little bit at line of scrimmage, and then they have a little bit more time. The quarterback's comfortable throwing and delivering the ball. And, and he, I mean, he, he was accurate. I don't know, what was he? 18 for 19. Golly. I mean, so you have to disrupt his timing. And, um, yeah, that's we got we to find a way to get our guys to play better, consistently better on, on both sides of the ball. And, and then we got, we'll have a chance to win. But, you know, we, if we look at what we, we were overwhelmed in so many different areas and just couldn't get anything going. And then our defense, when we thought they could hold better, they weren't doing the job. So I was disappointed, very disappointed in the whole outcome of the game. Kalani, does this one and three start feel a lot different uh, than last season for you? Yeah, because those three were close games. You know, and this, this one, um, I mean, last week was close, but, I mean, really, th- these games aren't, they're competitive. But I don't know if you look at the, the, the competition. I think that, I'm not sure where LSU ranks, but LSU and Wisconsin are ranked high, and Utah should probably be ranked too. So maybe that's a little different, you know, but, um so I'm, I'm not really worried about the competition as much as I'm worried about what we're doing as, as our own in our own 
on our own team. You know, so that's my job. So I got to figure it out, and I got a week. We got a week off, so I can the, the extra time comes. That I need it, so <laughs> we'll make it work. But I, I mean, I love our guys, love our team, and we just got to refocus some things and find a way to win the next game. Were you surprised that Wisconsin didn't take a kneel down in that final possession? No, I mean, I, I, I'm glad they didn't. You know, like make us earn it, and we need that. So I'm, I'm not here to complain about any of that stuff. That's. That's okay. We need those reps. We need to find a way to hit the fullback and take him down the first time, and not give him a chance to get two yards. You know. So, um, if anything, I want, I'm glad that that last series happened, so our D line can get hit in the mouth once in a while, and that's okay. But it, to just hold up and try to hold your own, that's you don't get you don't get a free pass in this game, and we're not looking for a free pass. But I think that it's good for these guys to see it on film, and then you know try to get bigger and stronger and use it as motivation. I mean. That's what we have to do it with a forty to six loss, and it, it was it was we were overwhelmed. But you know we just need to make sure to to see how we want to measure up and how we want to be as a team. And that's that's a great team, and that's a, that's a great offense that they run. And uh, I like their I like their their game plan. I thought it was really nice. How involved with the offense have you been to this point? Will you get more involved? No, well, I'm the head coach, so I've been, I'm involved in everything. You know, so yeah, I'll be there. I mean, I we'll, we'll try to. I'm. I'm I'm with Coach Detmer and the rest of them. We're trying to find ways to win, try to score points. Defensively, you know, we're really disappointed in a lot of the stuff that, that happened today. And so, let's just go to work. You know, just got to go to work. And like I said, we have a free week, so take advantage of all that time. How important is the timing of the bye week? How important is it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and I'd love to have another one, too. So, if you can back to back, that's good, you know. I, I, I mean, I'd love to use the time because I. More than anything, we're not playing bet as good as I, th- I think we should be, you know. And 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 um, uh, it would be another thing if I thought, okay, we, we competed and we did a lot of different things that, that I think we have a good identity. But still, if, with this game, I still don't know what our identity is on offense, you know. And, and defensively, really disappointed in a lot of the mistakes that we had. I mean, I thought I thought the DBs in the corner specifically um, covered well all season to this game. So, got to go back and refocus and. You just can't have a week off ever on every position. Everyone's got to compete, and everyone's got to find a way to, to get better. And so we, we're definitely going to take advantage of this week off. Kalani, why haven't you been able to generate much of a pass rush? That was with Sione, Taki Taki, and some mm-hmm. of the other guys. Uh, in this game or overall? Well, I think he had one sack against the last three opponents. Yeah, well, I think well. So if you look at like a lot of the schemes that they run, the RPOs and stuff, it's you can't have DNs just pass rushing every down, um, because you know a lot of what they do is is, is off of the play action. And so if you have DNs flying up and pass rushing every time when they're getting a run a run read, it doesn't work out. So it's not really necessarily about that. It's just it's more about containing the the throw and being able to recognize pass. You know, so I mean. There's a reason why teams run those schemes, you know, the the, the RPO schemes, the read zone schemes. It's so it's a hold. It's all play action. It's to hold the, uh, it's to hold hold the pass rush. But if you want to stop and you want to get more sacks, you have to stop the run. That's the key. Stop the run so you make them one dimensional, and then you can rush the pass and you can get sacks. It's what it's what Wisconsin did to us. They stopped the run and then they started to create more more disruption. But when you when you allow a team to run and throw, or establish a run game, then they keep you on your heels. So that's the answer. The answer would be we need to stop the run. We have not done a great job 
all year and just being able to stifle the run. And that's, that's what we've got to do better on, on the defensive side. So once we do that, then we'll get more pass rush. It's a good question, though. Any other questions? Are you more concerned about the schemes being employed, individual techniques employed by your players, or just general strength and athleticism within your team? I think it's all of it, right? I mean, but these are the, these these are the guys that we have, you know. But um, so an example is so if they if they can cover an SEC receiver, shouldn't they be able to cover a Big Ten receiver, you know, or a Pac-12 receiver? So that's looking for some consistency, and it's hard for me to gauge it now. But watching the film, you know, and and trying to find a way for them to just execute their technique. So, I mean, you, you know as well as I do that if, if you play and use the proper technique and fundamentals, then you can see where the, the, the deficiencies are. But when you don't do that, it's hard, to, it's hard to, to, to gauge where you should improve. And what Wisconsin did a great job as over, they overwhelmed us in so many different ways. Now, um, if you look at its size and speed and talent and all that, well, yeah, that's an easy cop-out, you know. It, it, there's, a, there's a piece of pie in all of this. And so we, we, we need to address the things that are the most important and that can get us the most improvement. And that's what we're going to do. I mean, you have an idea of, of, of how we can do it, but it's a, it's a short press conference. We don't have a lot of time. But I, I promise you, going right back to it and, and getting to work on it. So but we, we want to be a better team and definitely are a better team than what we've shown. And uh, it's, just, it's just hard to gauge it now because we didn't perform as well as I thought we should have. What did you say to your team when, when you got in the locker room when the game ended? Yeah, just to refocus everything, and I think that if everybody does, um, just commits on doing their part, right, and everyone commits on being doing their one eleventh. We talked about doing their jobs, and this is everybody though. This is coaches and players involved all together. We're all in it together, so there's no there's no blame in this other than we all have to share it. And so if one if each individual just just takes care of their role and then accepts the responsibility of doing that, coaches and players, and we should improve and be ready to go. There's a lot of football to be played. And, and, and what a great time now with a bye week for us to improve and, and find a way to get better and, and find a way to win the next game against Utah State. Do you like so, what you saw from Ula today running football? Yeah, I just wish we could have we ran the ball more. You know, I wish we could have done more with it, but we didn't get first downs. And so um, a lot of that is what Wisconsin did, but I had to watch the film and see why we couldn't do it. I mean, we, we actually, the complaint in the past has been we had so many third and longs. Well, now we had a lot of third and shorts, and we still didn't convert. So, you know, <laughs> so you can see why I'm frustrated about it. But, I'm, I mean, let's fix it and let's try to get first downs and then Ula can run the ball more. And, and where you'd like a big back like that to be effective is in the second half when everyone's tired, you know. But nobody gets tired when you only run 46 plays a game, you know. So what you want to do is you get the big boys going and running. And, and basically what they did to us, you see how we started to tire towards the end and they possessed the clock and they kept pounding the run. And I thought that... that that's why I don't have a problem with what they did at the end of the game. That's okay. we got to be able to fight. All right, thanks, Coach. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. There you go. There's the BYU head coach Kalani Sataki after the 46 loss to the Wisconsin Badgers. And I mentioned in the first segment, if fans think they're frustrated, I think you heard it in Coach's voice right there, the frustration that he has and that the team has in not being able to be better than what they are at one and three. I think one of the most telling comments he had in that post game is four weeks in, I still don't know what the offensive identity is of this team. That right there 
is the sound of a frustrated coach. And like he said, it's good timing for the bye week. It's good to be able to refocus and get things go going for the Cougars. That's going to do it for the Cougar Post Game Post Game Live. Your final score, Wisconsin 40, BYU 6. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next. You'll hear from Matt Bushman and Micah Simon, as well as Greg Rebell, Mark Lyons, and the coach, Kalani Sataki. That's next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Touchdown! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Down in the press conference room, BYU wide receiver Micah Simon and tight end Matt Bushman are talking with the press. Matt, where is the execution level? I mean, obviously, LSU, this game, even Utah, just haven't been able to put the pieces together. What's what's the reason that, that the execution's not there? Um, you know, I... We're trying to, I mean, we're trying to fix it. We, I can't tell you. We're just trying to do our parts. But, I mean, um, there's glimpses of us doing great things, and there's other times where we're not doing good at all. So I think we just need to find a balance where we're not trying to do too much. Then once we have the opportunity where we have the defense on their heels, then we take shots and make plays. So it's just a little bit of us not really making the plays that we need that need to be made. And, uh, yeah, it's just hard to get the momentum going when, we're not completely doing our job. I mean, we're trying, but we just have to step it up. Mike, after four games, do you guys feel like you're going to be closer to getting, gaining an identity on this offense? Uh, I don't know. A little bit. It's hard. It's hard whenever, uh, you know, like today, you know, in like 20 minutes of possession time again. And uh, it's just tough to, to really try to really get things going. You know, we had a few good long drives, which were really good. But, uh yeah, you know, I think we're still just working things out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just learn from it. We'll be fine. A lot of pistol felt like for Bo today, uh, formations. Do you feel like that will continue regardless of who's the quarterback? Uh, I'm not sure. That's, that's a question for Demmer. What did you make of Bo's performance in his first start? I think he did pretty well. I mean, like, like I said, he showed glimpses of greatness. He did a great job. I mean, made plays when we needed to make them. Um, played against a great defense, a great team for his first collegiate start. So, I mean, um, there's things to get better at for all of us, but I think he's um, tried his best and really tried to do what the coaches were told him to. I mean, we messed up a couple times, but we all messed up a few times, so we can't. There's no one to blame. Um, we all just need to do better next in two weeks. One more question. How can you best take advantage of this bye week? I think it's just uh, you know reviewing the film, staying in the uh, staying in the film, uh, you know meeting rooms with our coaches, and uh, you know also just another week to just you know get our bodies back to as close to 100% as possible. Um, that'll be that'll be key for us. Um, but then yeah, I think just focusing on the little things and just really trying to understand why why we're struggling, and um, just be ready, be ready for um, Utah State in two weeks. As a receiving and tight end core, do you feel that like you guys in, the, in these four games have, have created separation needed in order to, to be open for passes? At times, yes. At times, no. Um, I mean, this game, they pressed me a few times, and they had a guy that was holding me quite a bit, and I couldn't get the separation. But, I mean, there's other times where we get separation and we're open. So... Yeah, I mean, the defense does well sometimes. We do well sometimes. We just have to keep trying to beat them, trying to win those one-on-one battles every every play. 
Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, to Simon and Bushman at the press conference table. We'll come back with more postgame coverage. Wisconsin 40, BYU 6 on the new skin BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. The ball's loose and a fumble, and the Cougars have recovered. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. Wisconsin 40, BYU 6, our final. Linebacker Butch Pau, D-lineman Corbin Kofusi at the press conference table taking questions from reporters right now. Let's go downstairs. He's a very, very good quarterback. Is there a significant difference between the physicality in the trenches when you play in LSU or Wisconsin compared to some of these other teams that you play? You know, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, the only thing that is the difference we can say is that we allow them to beat us. I mean, you talk about Kairos Tonga, no one really moves him. Talk about Meti Leoli, who's been playing, who played his freshman year, nobody moves him. It's a matter of us playing every single down perfectly. And if we can do that, we'll be the defense that we expect to be. What are the challenges of facing an offensive attack like that, where the pass is predicated on the run, but both the stats played out that they played it so balanced, both running the ball and passing the ball, versus some of these other offenses you guys have played? I don't know. I mean, one thing you got to give them credit to, to is to those running backs. Those running backs, I mean, there were times where we felt like as a defense, the hole wasn't there. I mean, they would just jump over a guy and jump through a hole, a very small hole that they saw, and they managed to keep running it. So you got to give credit to them to just trusting their offensive linemen. Um, in regards to, to them being able to both pass and run the ball on us, that's just not us playing playing ball. We... We felt that even the coaches reminded us that we didn't do our 1-11 today. I mean, I got beat. A lot of us, a lot of the guys on the defense got beat, and it's a matter of us just getting back to the basics, and that's the hope of what we want to focus on this, this bye week is just being able to understand what our assignment is on every single play and every single formation, what, what tendencies does, do certain offenses like to run, and making sure that we can take advantage of those tendencies so that we can – uh, they get takeaways or just get stops. Corbin, was this the best offense you've seen to this point in the season? Um, I'm not quite sure. You know, I think it's hard to say because we didn't. I think there's games that we played a little bit better on defense, and so you know, it's hard to measure how good an offense is. And I, and I give them credit; they're a great offense. But if they're the best or not depends more on our level of play. What was Corbin? Wisconsin's known for their offensive linemen, big, physical, able to move guys around. What was it like in the trenches going up against those guys? Because they were creating some creases and, you know, pushing. There were times they were pushing 45 yards downfield. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, we, we knew coming in that they're big and physical, but a lot of offensive line, you know, every offensive line is supposed to be big and physical. And kind of what Butch was saying, more of it was us not being able to, to play to the level that we know we're capable of. And so it kind of makes them look bigger and more physical, but it's more on us rather than them. Corbin, why haven't you guys been able to generate much of a pass rush through four games? I think, uh, you know, that's a lot of that's just on us as players. We just have to be better at that. And I think one of the things, is, especially in a game like this, you come go against these teams that you are, you know, they're going to try and run the ball, and you kind of it kind of takes you out of your pass rush mentality. You know, you're a little bit slower because you're trying to be stout. And so we have to do a lot better job of reading that and getting off and going. You know, we got to have a little bit more relentlessness coming off the edge and coming down the middle. 
Coach Kalani said that the offense currently lacks an identity. Do you feel like your defense, what, what's the identity of your defense right now? You know, uh, Fred and I talked to him. I feel like we still don't have an identity. I mean, we've allowed, you can say, three good teams to score a lot of points on us, but then again, we feel like that they shouldn't have scored that many points. Um, we were talking with Spencer Hadley, and he said that, I mean, the, his junior year when they had Ziggy Ansa, Kyle Vannoy coming off the edge, that just amazing defense, they they lost to Oregon State, who the quarterback threw, went for like 30 for 32, and so these kind of games happen. Um, I said, as a defense, as of right now, I feel like we don't have an identity. We allow too many rushing yards, we allow too many passing yards, and so we, we have to figure that out. Which, uh, Coach used the word overwhelmed a bit. Did you feel that way a little bit out there today? Um, I wouldn't say the word would be overwhelmed. I think um, what Wisconsin loves to do is what they did today is just run the ball very hard and kind of tire you out. And it got to the point where we were like, man, like these guys are running the ball and they continue to run the ball. They're, they're okay with getting 15 play drives. I mean, that's what they want to do is just to wear you out. And I think what we need to do is just make sure that we're in better shape to where we can basically play all 15 plays or play all 20 plays or however many plays it takes for them to score because things have to change where we need to make more plays, we need to come out on third downs, and we just need to stop the ball more so that our offense can score. Corbin, what went into your sack today? I think that's all the whole D-line as a whole. You know, one of the things is we wanted to get pressure, and I think the whole D-line, you know, everyone was getting in there for that play, and he just happened to pop out my side, so... Credit goes to the entire D-line. One of the things about the D-line is the emphasis on being disruptive. A lot is put on kind of those four guys on, on D-line to be disruptive. How does that, what do you guys have to do to increase that? Because, you know, the teams seem to be able to do kind of what they want to do, at least the, the good teams you guys face. Uh, a lot of that's going to have to be technique. You know, there's times where the D-line can look incredible. You know, you might have a play where you get great knockback and get a TFL, and it's like, wow, these guys can play. You know, we can move whoever we want to move. But then there's just those plays where it's like, okay, our technique kind of fails a little bit here or there, and that's what allows these teams to take advantage of, you know, our, our lack of technique. Which were you surprised that Wisconsin didn't take a kneel down at the end of that game? Um, I mean, a little, a little surprised. I felt like the... I, that's something you expect. I mean, you're up by however many touchdowns, and they're at the five-yard line. But, I mean, teams do what they want to do. You just go out and play ball and respect them. That's it. Thanks, guys. Linebacker Butch Pau'u and defensive lineman Corbin Kofusi will continue our postgame coverage from Provo, where Wisconsin wins it 40-6, to as you heard on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Lavelle Bridge Stadium here in Provo, where Wisconsin wins it by a score of 40-6. to six. Let's head down to the BYU locker room area. Is Matt Hadley with us on the headset down there? Uh, yeah, I'm here. Hey, Matt, how are you? Greg Rubel here with uh, Mark Lyons. I shouldn't say how are you. We know it's a rough day. I know how you're feeling. It's, it's a tough uh, situation to be in. Uh, what do you come out of Wisconsin with? What are some uh, top, uh, top of mind thoughts right now for us? Uh, we got we to gotta play better football. Um, I, I think, you know, talking with some of the seniors in the locker room after the game, you know, we need to we need to gather gather together this next week in our bye week, and, and we need to figure some things out, keep our heads up, and 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 keep 
keep grinding, you know, play play like we know we can play. It's it's going to be a challenge, but you know, we can do it. I thought that uh, Wisconsin was a really good football team, particularly their running backs. It, it was hard for one guy to take down their backs, even when you hit them pretty solidly. What did you think of their backs? Yeah, no, they uh, <clears throat> they are all really tough runners. Um, you know, even even that redshirt freshman, uh, number 37, I think it was, at the end of the game. I mean, coming yeah, in there, yeah. yeah, he was he was fresh. You know, we were a little tired, but. Still, I mean, you can feel, you know, they are all tough runners. And, um, yeah, they, they, they're tough to bring down with just one one good hit. you got to wrap up, and, you know, you're, the troops around you got to come and, and, and make a hit, too. Wisconsin shows one incompletion uh, the entire day. It came on a second and nine. They then converted the third and nine. Uh, Hornibrook was 18 for 19. Uh, I know you're not worried about stats during the game. When you look back and see a quarterback with that kind of efficiency, what comes? Uh, what, what, what are your? What's your reaction? Uh, we just need to play tighter defense. You know, I he is a good quarterback. Um, not to take anything away from him, um, but I think that you know we we gave him a lot of those a lot of those throws, and and again that just that just goes on us and and being more sound and and being able to you know. Do each each person on the defense doing their part, and um, but you know yeah he he's a good player but we just I think we we could have we could have done a lot better had we you know had we done what we should have been doing. These early games have been tough, but uh, what's your attitude? What do you what do you think about the rest of what's coming up? You get a bye to kind of refresh yourselves, and you think you'll be back to 100 percent ready to go? Let's go kick some butt. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I'm optimistic, um, and and we are as well. I mean. Like you said, yeah, tough, three tough games right in a row, but we got a bye week, bye week that we can, uh, you know, recuperate and um, it, it. Listen, we can we can still finish. We can win out and go, you know, eleven and three, and and that's our mindset: is uh, one game at a time and and come out and 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 do do what we know we can do. You've talked about showing some things, some things up on defense, and conversely. Uh, this will give the offense some time with, with a new quarterback to kind of settle in now and really take some time to figure some things out before you play Utah State. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, this this will be a good good time for you know for the offense to you know to to, to start click um, or to start figure each other out a little bit more and and same with the defense as well. Did you see some positive things on that side of the ball, your offense today? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I felt like you know we were running the ball well, especially in the first half, first quarter, especially. Um, you know, Bo, Bo looked, he looked really poised, I thought. And, you know, for coming in for the, for his first game, you know, against a top 10 opponent, good defense, I thought he looked poised and I, and I thought he was making really, really smart decisions. And, and yeah, no, we're, we're optimistic. We, you know, our heads are up, their heads are up and, and we, we feel confident that, 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 that they can get it done. Well, Matt, we appreciate the uh, the time you've taken to spend some time with us and your positivity, and we know you'll work hard here in the next two weeks to get after it, and we'll see you up there in Logan. Okay, appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Matt. That's Matt Hadley, BYU linebacker, joining us. We'll come back with much more from Provo. Coach Sasaki will be with us. We'll be here from uh, Paul Chris, the head coach of Wisconsin as well. The Badgers win this one by a score of 40-6, to and that is our final score on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU football is on the air. Passing into the end zone for a score. There it is. This is the new skin BYU Sports Network. 
Wisconsin 40 and BYU 6 is our final score. The head coach of the Badgers is Paul Christ. He met with the media a short time ago. Our thanks to intern Michael Shreve for getting these postgame comments a short time ago here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I was, uh, I was proud of the way our guys approached this whole trip and, and certainly have a ton of respect for you know the program here at BYU and, and the coaching staff. And, you know, coming in film, we knew that we had to play our best game. And I thought in many ways that, that we did. We knew we were going to be challenged differently than maybe the first two games. And I was proud of the way the guys prepared this week. And most importantly, I thought did a lot of really good things today and, and played with energy. And it was uh, it was good. There's certainly going to be things that we've got to clean up. And, and we've got to take advantage of the bye week. And we got a few guys that are banged up, get them hopefully healthier. But it was, you know, it's never going to be a perfect game, but there's a lot of really good. All of your offensive guys last week were not happy. They felt that they didn't take a big enough step forward. How do you like how they have responded off that tape into this into this road game? I thought they did a, a good job overall. And, you know, uh, I thought up front you were on our targets, and I thought the backs ran well. And I thought today Alex was really sharp, and they were seeing things clean. And, um so the combination, you guys made some plays and made some things happen. Certainly, you know, there's going to be some areas that we've got to clean up. You know, the first drive, start of the second half, it's really bad, you know, and it was self-inflicted, and we got to learn from that. And, you know, we kind of bailed, I think Alex and, you know, bailed us out a little bit in the red zone. You know, we had, those were all third downs, and uh, some, but guys played. I liked it, and I thought they, in many ways, I thought, Took steps forward, and, and there's going to be areas we got to continue to work on and clean up. Well, late in the first half, it looked like you guys were trying to get Dieter out of the game because he was struggling, wasn't healthy. It appeared though that he said, "No, I'm not coming out." And, you know, is that what he basically did? Told you guys, "No, I'm not coming out." I think, you know, we're just waiting to see. You know, it wasn't a exchange by anything. You're just kind of looking to see is where's he at, and and you know, I think it helps when you're around. Michael, you know, we've been around him now, and you know him, and and uh, but there was no that I know of, you know, where you're trying to. I don't think we sent someone in, and he waved him off. Seventy-one, Ben Lyon. I think they better be ready. Yeah, maybe it did. Yeah. I'm not going to question you on this one. Paul, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Paul, what did you like most about Alex's performance today? It seemed like he was nearly perfect out there. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he saw the field really well, and I thought he was decisive. And that was the what I I liked the best. I think. Um, they, they had a little bit of success early running the ball, um, and then you shut them down. Pretty much the last what did you see there? What, what the you know, I think it was uh, one of those games where you know, we weren't quite sure what we were going to see, and and I thought that guys, you know, I thought our coaches did a really good job, and and more importantly, I think our players understood. Okay, this is what we got to do. This is how we've got to attack it, and, and I think that was the biggest thing. They, they did do some, you know, early in, in the running game, and and I think that's where, you know, when you go on the road, you you look for someone to ignite you a little bit. I thought TJ's play, the pick, was really big, and and then I think everyone settled down, and we got an idea maybe of how they were going to attack it a little bit better, and and um, kind of fought through those early adjustments. And, and guys were getting to the ball, and, and it was pretty good. That's become a little bit of a trend, right? This defense uh, sees things early and just uh, seems to adjust and get better. 
I think you're, yeah, it has certainly been the case, and and I know the guys want to always start fast, and yet you got to kind of see how how they're going to attack you, and and that's where you appreciate what the coaches did, and then the players being smart and, and understanding. Okay, this is what we're going to, and you know we had an idea we thought, but we didn't know really what we were going to see. Paul, today did you get a sense that Alex was really locked in, and then did it change the way you? maybe called the offensive game as you went? Not really. You know, I mean, I, I did get a sense, you, you know, I liked where he was at and I liked our plan. But those guys, they executed it and made it happen. And, um, you know, it takes everyone. I thought that, you know, protection was good. Shouldn't take that sack that we did. Um, I saw what he was seeing down the field, but then it didn't happen. You know, we didn't, I think he was in and, and safety was rotating away and we didn't get the release and I think he hung on a little bit long and, and you know, those, that was a point where we just, we need to be a little bit more consistent we weren't and, um, you know, we had some third, we had two pretty, not back to back, but close to it, third and really long, so then we just got to be better than that. But I, I liked the way that he approached it all week and I thought he was good. Some big catches in that first big catch from Danny Davis on huge. fifty yards. Yeah, huge and it, I think it you know, Alex trusted it and put it up there and, and Danny's you know, he'll go attack that ball and uh it was that was a big play. I thought there was a couple of those passes, you know, in the early downs that were able to flip the field for us and that was that was big. Last week I think you and both and Joe Rudolph both mentioned that Okay, the pass may not be perfect, but the receivers are the tight they got to make a play. Did you see that today more than you did in previous games? Guys making a play with I mean, I thought guys made plays, and I thought the it, different pictures than last week to me. You know, I thought that Alex was in better rhythm, and um, but I, I thought guys, you know, just you go to Danny's, you know, I mean, he went up and made a play. I thought Q played confident, and that was. That was good to see, and, and, and certainly we were able to get Foom and Jazz a little bit, and you know, we got to clean up some things with the with the backs. Uh, but it was uh, there's there's some good to build on, and, and I know we're going to look at that film on the plane ride home, and and uh, got to clean up. All right, that's uh, Paul Chris, the head coach of the Wisconsin Badgers. Kalani Satake has joined us here in the booth. So the Cougar postgame coaches show is coming up next. This has been the Cougar Locker Room Show on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. He walks in for six. Touchdown, Cougars. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Wisconsin 40 and BYU 6 is our final score. The Badgers, a very balanced team today. 235 rush, 256 pass for a total of 491. In the first start with Bo Hodge, uh, Bo passed 11 for 20 for a buck 11. Had a couple of picks, ran around a bit. Uh, Ula Tolutau, the former Wisconsin commit, had a nice first half in particular. Finished with 13 carries and the 58 yards on the day. BYU falls to 1-3 and three, uh, for the second straight season. But as Coach Kalani Satake joins us now here in the booth on the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show, feels a little different this time around because of the way the games have gone, which I know have kind of uh, taken you a bit by surprise. Yeah, I mean, I was just disappointed in, in, in the uh, the way our guys played, but um, that's my responsibility. So, <clears throat> Did you uh, have any sense in watching Wisconsin on film that this kind of game was possible because of how good they are and a top-ten team and all of that? Well, I mean, I think they're a really talented team, and they, they – uh, you look at the way their their quarterback runs the offense and, and how established the run game is, 
and uh, I think they do, do a great job of the pro-style offense. Um, we knew that this would be a good test for us up front to see how we'd measure up, and, and obviously uh, we don't measure up as well as, as, as I hoped that we would, but um, yeah, I, I'd like our guys to trust a little bit more their their, their physicality, but um, I thought they Wisconsin just did a good job at overwhelming us in all, all different spots, and and uh, we, we really didn't have an answer. They're, uh, they have backs, and they have backs, and then they have backs. Those guys just came in and uh, were tough runners, hard to bring down. Took two or three guys quite a few times. Yeah, and I think their their O line is the uh, the key to all of it. I think you look at how physical they are and how big they are up front. Yeah, all of them over three hundred pounds. In that's the first two. Yeah, that's how you make it work. You you have guys that are well over three three ten. You know, and and. Yeah. Um, just looking at, at at their their size, their tight ends are big, and their yeah. linemen are big, and so when when one goes down, they just replace him with his twin, basically, and, and uh, that's a huge huge com- uh, compliment to their their depth. And uh, in order in order to to play that style of offense, you have a, have to have a physical line, and that's what they have. And I thought their I thought their tight ends and fullbacks did a good job blocking too, and yeah. um, you know, and then then once they established the run game. They're able to throw the ball and and, and um, had some time. So with their play action and you know it cost us. I mean we on third downs we finally forced some to somebody to have third and long a number of times and and um, even third and eighteen and they score yeah. on that skinny post and just really disappointing in our guys. Even though when they know what was coming, they couldn't stop it and that was frustrating. And that's you know we will have to recover and and, and uh, I said before we have a lot of season left so. So my job is to make sure that we have a better chance of winning the next one. So in that situation, Coach, would you rather have a defensive player take a chance and take one of those guys away than maybe sit back and wait to see what's going to happen? No, we we play aggressive, and, and, and we expect our guys to play up front and to handle the pass rush. And you know, But the problem was that they established the run game, and they – Kept us guessing, and so, um, you know, even they, they had a, a couple of deep crossers on us where they had a lot of time. They went max pro and did a couple of two-man routes, and they, the quarterback was really accurate. Yeah, he was. Um, our, our, a couple of times our corners were there, uh, and he threw the ball up in the air where only Big his receiver receivers. could get it. And um, Just a really good scheme, you know, and, and they're pretty simple. I mean, you look at their run game, and they didn't do a lot with the run game, but so they've seen everything. There's not really anything we could have thrown at them. You know, we just had to. We just had to just, you know, uh, gut it up and, and and find a way to get out of drives and um, just just weren't good enough at doing that defensively. And I know Coach Tuyaki and the group are upset at the performance on defense, but uh, it's just overall as a team, we we just got our butts whipped. You've coached a lot of defensive football <clears throat> in your day, and scheme wise, not not elaborate, right? What Wisconsin's going to do is not very elaborate. They're going to almost show you what they intend to do. Then it's a matter of just can you stop it. Yeah, and, and they're one of the um, not a lot of teams run that style of offense, you know. But LSU did it, and and they did a good job at it, and, and Wisconsin did it too. And, and so you look at Stanford; they, they do the same thing. And so that's it's something that we like to go to. But you know, we we need we obviously um, need to change our plans a little bit and 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 uh, find a way best way that suits Bo. And um, we've had that kind of offense that we've already established before. And, that's basically two minute offense, but we tried to get something going with with him as a running as a run threat compared to Tanner, who's more of a throw threat. But um, you know, we we opened the game up with a turnover. <laughs> it's like uh, you know, we already 
you know, we already forced forced our defense to get on the field on a short field, and I think that turned out in a field goal. And and then it just seems like it, it we just really couldn't establish anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sick of not having a lot of plays on offense. And, yeah. you know, we, we wanted to see Ula run the ball a little bit more and, and let our running game go a little bit more. But when you only had, I believe we only had like 13 or 14 snaps in the second half. 17 total. Yeah, so that's not a lot. And, and um, you know, it just, it just we couldn't get anything going, and it's, it's really frustrating. But uh, we'll get it fixed, and, and that's we have to. But there's a lot of football to be played, but we have to get it fixed. We have to find a way to to win games. You mentioned how Bo's day started. Tough to start, you know, with a pick like you do. But the defense comes on the field and holds Wisconsin to three. And then I thought Bo settled in for a little bit there and actually did make a couple of plays that probably only Bo Hodge can make. In particular, when it was third and short in time to find the uh, the sticks, he found them. Yeah, and then he did some good things. Don't get me wrong, but there's a, he can't do it all, you know. And so extending the plays... With his feet, it's good. He can do it with his legs and run. But there comes a point where you just have to throw the ball away. Yeah. And where you can't just, I mean, the safety is an example of that, where you can't just do it upon, take it upon yourself to just do it all. And that's not how it's going to work, you know. And, and uh, it, usually, it usually ends up costly for us. And uh, it's just really disappointing. That, that That's, that's every, I, I talk to the team, everyone's got to do their job. Everyone's got to do their part. And part of the quarterback position is making better decisions. Can't turn the ball over. Um, I mean, they consider safety a turnover. We threw two picks, and we just can't play that kind of football. I, I've said before, I, I don't know how how the outcome would have been any different if we played yeah. sound, you know, and if we actually made good decisions. Maybe we still get beat, but at least we can approach that and build on that. And And, and we look to get better and and find ways to have our offense at least uh, take another step. Last year it kind of happened that way where we scored 18 points against Arizona and mm-hmm. um, what 19 against Utah and 14 against UCLA. And then the Toledo game, we kind of blew up with it and had some mm-hmm. scoring in the 50s. And so and I thought that was good momentum. And we're looking forward to trying to get some momentum in this game, albeit against a great opponent, you know, probably one of the best on, on our schedule. But we just didn't. I, I mean, I give them credit for a lot of stuff that they did, but we didn't help ourselves again, and so uh, I got I got to fix that, and we and then we got to find ways to win, and, and whether it's scheme or personnel, whatever it is, we got to figure it out. To that point you just made, uh, Kalani, uh, you have played in the back-to-back-to-back weeks three nationally ranked teams. Uh, you know, two of the three at least are are probably among the best teams the country can put on the field right now. And Utah is no slouch, as we found last week. So you have faced, as you know, a front-loaded schedule against really, really good competition. You might feel differently if games were slotted differently in your schedule, but reality is what it is, and you're going to get this kind of September. How much of what's happening is a reflection of the fact that you are so front-loaded and uh, the challenges have been very stiff here in the first uh, four weeks? Well, I mean... You aspire to be those teams and be like those teams, too. So so we have to play them, you know. the last thing I want to do is pad our schedule so we don't play what we want to be, you know. So if we want to be a type of program like Wisconsin, LSU, and be established and have, you know, have 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 something that we can lean on and get some depth, then it, it, what better way to learn than play against them, you know? And and uh, the last thing I care about is my own personal coaching record. You know, we have a vision of what we want to be as a team and where we want to go, and and we obviously want to win every game. Um, but we need to work on it and then find ways to get better. And um, some of the things that we've we've uh, 
taking a, a step backwards is where we've never seen a lot of improvement just in the simple things like turning the ball over making big mistakes on defense and you know just just uh you can't do that against these great teams but the physical part of the game and and seeing it firsthand is, is a way for us to learn and i told tom just keep playing them keep put them on the schedule and let's find a way to we we want to be those teams and in order to be those teams you have to play them and eventually we'll get to where we need to be obviously i want to see us win this this game you know but but uh the guys the guys have more talent than what they're showing and and uh, we we need to find a way to get get the most out of our players but actually give them the experience of playing against these great teams and you never know you know what what, what could happen in the game and, and and if everything is executed well and we get a few things going our way then, then we can come away with some magical moments and, and some great memories all right, closing comments coming up with the coach. We're visiting with Kalani Satake. His Cougars followed the Wisconsin by a score of 40-6 to today. More with the coach in our broadcast booth here at Lavelle Bridge Stadium is coming up after this. By the way, today's crowd announced 61,143 on a beautiful coming up on fall day for football as autumn arrives officially next week. Wisconsin arrived and walked out with a big win. It's a good team, folks. Really good team. Top 10 again next week, and they beat BYU by a score of 40-6 to today. More with the coach next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back in the broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium where Wisconsin defeats BYU by a score of 40-6 to today. BYU has a bye week now before they play again. It'll be a week from next Friday at Utah State. So the Cougars and the Aggies will play on that conference weekend Friday night. And uh, Coach Kalani Satake with us. Uh, what would be the uh, plan of action now for this time where you can uh, maybe uh, hit a reset button of sorts in a way and, and focus on the next phase of your of your season? Yeah, just... Just finding a way to be, to be really effective on offense and defense, and um, the goal is to try to win games. I mean, we we have an idea of some of our guys, and you know we're dealing with a few guys that are banged up here and there, and so we have to figure that out too. But uh, on some spots, we have no choice; we have to play who we got, and 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 those guys you got to answer the call. Now that the numbers numbers up, you know, and. and um, and then, so we're going to evaluate everything as a coaching staff. And we ask the players to just evaluate themselves and commit to their individual roles, you know. And, and let's just try to do our 111th on the field. And the coaches do their part as well and uh, see where we, we stand. I mean, it's we've, we've tried it all the other way, so might as well try it the right way <laughs> and see if it, where we can work on. But definitely grateful for, for the effort that they give and, you know, just, uh, just make sure that the efforts are all focused on the right things. Were we on the air when we mentioned Micah Simon? Uh, Micah Simon had a nice day, uh, caught that long ball, and was able to uh, pick up a couple of first downs. Yeah, and and, and, and it's unfortunate because we don't have enough plays on offense. I mean, when yeah. you only have 46 snaps, um, it's hard to get any of these guys going, and it's hard to get a, a big back like Ula to be able to punish yeah. the the defense in the second half when they're a little worn out um and so we're we're not taking advantage of of, of what we're what our game plan is going to be and what we're trying to do so identity wise um let's get a focus and then make sure that we find what we're good at and then keep doing that until someone stops us All right. yeah how, how much of that do you think is going to result in 
schematic changes, say, offensively? Do you think you have a system that, that's going to be long-term sustainable, or do you do you take a week like this and say, let's let's take a whole fresh look at things, or are you are who you are, do you think, in, in that search for an identity, I mean? Well, <laughs> I mean, the identity is, in, is are still in transition, but we want to win games, and so uh, I've said before that I don't I don't think you could ever say that we're never going to change, but we've established a foundation of what we can do offensively. This week we decided to play a little bit more in the gun and play to both strengths, you know, and and do the stuff that he's good at so he can feel comfortable. Now, we still run our power run game out of that. We can still do a lot of the stuff that we do in the run game with our run blocks and everything. The only difference is that he's now an option to run. Um, So found. Our foundation is set where we can do a lot of different things, um, but if you are jack of all trades and try all these little things, you never can major in one. And we just played a team that kept it simple. They ran four type four runs, and they seen everything that that was coming at them, and they they were highly effective. So they they, they didn't have uh, an extravagant game plan. They just they kept it simple. And so there's there's two ways of thought on how to do it. And, um, Scheme is is in a way where we just sit there and throw a bunch of plays. There's there's a lot of coaches that I've met in my time where there's a play that they never liked, you know. So, uh, and, and if you try to do that, then it, it's 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 not going to be effective. So, we will find what we're good at, work on those, and and, and maybe it'll be a little bit more simplified. But um, we just have to we just have to have something we can hang our hat on. And that and I'm picking on the offense, but that's defensively too. And and then and that helps helps us with special teams, and then personnel wise, we can find different guys to to make it work, and and maybe highlight other other talents that we see on the field. Well, uh, coach, we do get into a part of the schedule now that uh, we're going to not have ranked teams each week, and so uh, the part that's good about that and bad about that. The bad part is you would rather have played the good teams that are ranked and whoop them. And then when you go out and beat those teams that aren't ranked, you don't get the same recognition. Is that you think that's fair? I'm I'm, I'm going to pretend like every team is Wisconsin. Yeah, that's that's how it's got to be. I, if if the uh, New York Giants showed up, we play we have to play them the same way that it would be. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this this focus is not really. I haven't talked about our our, our opponents, and I think that's an easy cop out. I mean, I can. And I appreciate you guys giving me that option to use that, that they're ranked. And I get that. But um, they're great teams. But you know what? You can't assume that just because Utah State's not going to be ranked number 10 that they're not going to come ready to play. Mm-hmm. And so our focus isn't really upon the opponent as much as it needs to be on ourselves and the improvement that we got to make as a team on ourselves as a unit first. And then we can go on the other stuff. I, but... Uh, our, our, my approach and our team's approach has been to play your best against. Doesn't matter who shows up, you play your best, and um, we just haven't seen it. And that's, like I said, that's my job. I'm looking at all the different. I'm, even now, I'm trying to think of ways that we can get to work. And I just want to watch the film and make sure we improve on it. Well, Coach, uh, good luck in the improvement process, and uh, we know you'll take this week and make it productive, and uh, and hopefully come back with something that. Uh, that will uh, get you where you need to be in Logan here a week from uh, this coming Friday. Thanks for coming on, and we'll see you soon. Thank you. And just want to send my love to all the BYU fans. Thank you very much for all your support. Thanks, Kalani. Thanks. That's head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake. Cougar Nation Now is coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
You're tuned to BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And uh, Mark and I are joined by yeah. the sideline voice of the Cougars, Nate Mickle. Nate's up here. Academic All-American. Academic All-American. <laughs> Somebody did introduce me today as an ac- as a uh, All-American. You are that. And I said, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, thank academically you. Academically uh, speaking. Yeah. yeah, academically speaking. Yeah. Right. Uh, you don't need, yeah, All-American's All-American, right? Right, of course. Yeah. It's all the same. Yeah, exactly right. All right, uh, so this is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. Uh, hashtag BYUCNN if you want to drop a thought our way. It might make it on the air and prompt the discussion. Hashtag BYUCNN. And, again, that's our deal here on the show. Uh, we're not going to read every comment or every email, but we're going to take a select few that will allow the three of us and primarily the two experts my left and right to kind of bat, bat this thing around and, uh, and maybe come to some consensus on certain issues. So we like to end up with a few discussion points in the course of our post game. We're not just here to read everyone's tweet, whether they be positive or negative, but rather to find some ones that we think uh, provoke an interesting discussion. So if you think you have an interesting discussion point, give us a tweet at hashtag BYUCNN or drop an email our way. Cougar Nation now at byu.edu. That's Cougar Nation now. Two ends there. Ends. At the end. Yeah, oh, I wanted Cougar, to say that. Cougar part. Nation now at byu.edu. Let's pause ten seconds. Meantime, for station identification on the new skin BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM HD two Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. We're back at the broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 61,000-plus on hand today to watch Wisconsin defeat BYU by a score of 40-6. to six. So win or lose, I tend to, once a game finishes, I just, uh, I, I just start tweeting out just a passel of stats, just all kinds of things that are in my head that I've come up with uh, during the course of the game or the course of the week. And so after wins, there are a lot of you know, fun stats, and, and, and I tweet how, how well things just went. And then after losses... Sometimes I have to tweet numbers that aren't so great, but that's just kind of how my brain works. I got I got to kick the stuff out of there, and and it's not the most positive thing in the world, but it's not meant to be uh, overwhelmingly attacking or negative as much as it's just reflecting what the reality is right now. And the reality right now is rough at one and three. And it's not last year's one and three because last year's one and three was a heartbreak. It was one and three that could have been four and zero oh, or at right. least three and one. It was this feeling that ah oh, they're just so close, and and this year this one and three isn't so close because you've been shut out by one of the teams and kept out of the end zone by another one of the teams and lost to your rival again, and, and the feeling's not great. And so I get it. I get it. Um, and we're not here to um, uh, you know, be entirely Pollyanna-ish and, and say nothing's wrong, but by the same token, we're also going to reflect the reality of the fact that BYU played three consecutive ranked teams and is still looking to replace uh, tremendous offensive weapons and now dealing with a changing quarterback during that process it's a rough go right now it's a rough patch of the season and the numbers that i put out there aren't great right now and hopefully they'll get a lot better as we go but um you know to tweet anything other than the honest reflection of the numbers would be a little bit weird too so that's where i'm at on that it's just uh it's a rough spot and uh and you know you heard kalani right now for the last 15 20 minutes uh he's as frustrated as any fan or anyone else who supports the program might be uh, his, it's his job, though, and he's paid to figure out how to make improvements and get this thing where it needs to be by the end of the season. But right now, yep, it's tough. 
Yeah, it is, and uh, it's hard to watch Kalani come in here so uh, downtrodden. And he said, I'm a pretty positive person. And uh, for him to take that much pain with him home every night, it's got to be a challenge. And it's not just him. All of those coaches I know are just frustrated as can be that they uh, – and today there was a lot of new offense. And so I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, Paul Chris said that uh, they weren't aware of what they were going to see at the start of the game. So when they didn't know what it was going to be – it caused them a little bit of took them a little time to figure out what they were going to do to adjust, and that's why in the early part of the game he felt like that's why BYU had some success running the football. Uh, some, just something I noticed post game. I was impressed with uh, Matt Hadley after the game, just talking off air before and after the interview, and uh, it just kind of put me back in the mindset of what's what's what are the players thinking right now, and the players aren't thinking uh, we have to face ranked teams the next ten weeks in a row. Players are thinking, well, we got Utah State next. We can beat Utah State. And we got Boise State. We can beat Boise State. Got them at home. We got Mississippi State. That's going to be tough. That's a, that's another game like we've been playing the last three weeks. That's going to be a tough one. I, I, things are going to have to go well for us to get a win there. We can do it. San Jose State. We can beat San Jose State. But Fresno, UNLV, UMass. Now, none of those are guarantees. And if, and if you win one of these Prior three games, you're feeling really good about yeah. your odds in those games. Yeah, None of those are guarantees, but my point is the players are thinking, we're good enough to get those wins, we're good enough to go to a bowl game, we're good enough to get nine, ten wins. That's the mindset. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Kalani said he wants them all to be big teams, tough teams games that you have to go out and beat you know that's the challenge that uh, you have uh, particularly as a, a coach and a, a player that uh, when when we beat uh, west high school and man that was a challenge if you ever beat west high school you got you did something and if you beat skyline man that was great yeah that was that was quite a challenge you know as a high school coach and it, when you have those challenges uh, when you beat cypress yeah well we were going to beat Cyprus all the time. <laughs> so, so I do think that uh, what he said was uh, kind of interesting. The, the, the difficulty is here, the Mississippi State. Mississippi State, I think, is going to – well, Boise State will probably be the next big challenge. And you go win that game. Like you said, we can win that game. And you win that game, that's an accomplishment that you get to put the feather in your cap. Mississippi State, by the way, is uh, hosting – LSU tonight and uh, is tied 7-7 under six to go until halftime and LSU or rather Mississippi State is in scoring territory so they may indeed uh, take the lead again on LSU and you're going to Starkville in October SEC country to play play that game certainly challenges remain after having gone through this uh, back-to-back-to-back ranked teams gauntlet Uh, at Chaplain Schumann tweeting in hashtag BYUCNN positives BYU running backs hit holes hard and fast at the beginning of the game and glad to see Ty playing to Bo Hodge's strengths. And um, early in the game, he just hit it to go. But I think BYU had 79 rush yards in the first quarter, just two the rest of the way. Now, game script plays into that. Right. Uh, playing down multiple scores down as BYU scores. was all night. The run game is less of a go-to, so that's part of it. But that said, uh, Ula uh, Tolutau remains a real bright spot for BYU in the last couple of weeks. And I'm going to say Squally Canada ran as hard as I think I've seen Squally run. He just didn't have the same places to go. But, uh, man, he took off and hit it in there. So uh, he wants to, he wants an opportunity to play football again. You know, I think uh, one thing, uh, I think you mentioned it, Mark, off air, 
Uh, I wonder if BYU is going to consider rotating more offensive linemen. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, you see the defensive linemen. I mean, wholesale changes constantly. You're playing six and nine players there. Uh, at the offensive line, it's been pretty consistent. And if, if BYU struggles running the ball late in the game, you wonder if, well, one, the, the score today kind of dictated that, but two, are the offensive linemen fresh enough? Maybe they start rotating a few more guys like Kiefer Longson. Mm-hmm. Steve from Idaho is actually in Belgium and what? said that uh, he stayed, quote-unquote, with us for the whole game, streaming in Ghent, Belgium, or unless it's Gent, Belgium, until uh, midnight 30 up there. It's either back there, over Ghent, there. Belgium, no, it's or it's <laughs> Gent, Bel- Belgium. There we go. Yeah. All right, so uh, thank you, Steve, for tuning in. We appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Chad Fulmer tweets in, BYU defense stays base most of the game. Very few blitzes and a little pressure on the QB. Three receivers are beating five to six defenders. You guys' thoughts on the uh, on the defensive approach, and and someone else asked in an additional tweet um, if that approach uh, might change. Stuart Dean saying lack of defensive pass rush has been a big problem this year and last. Will we see more blitzing against lesser opponents as the season goes along? Mark, any thoughts on what BYU is doing or maybe not doing right now to get heat? You know, the most of the time when they make adjustments in the game, uh, they're insignificant things that we don't see uh, from a casual observer. So somebody moves to, instead of being head up on the defensive tackle, you move the outside eye or something like that. Things that aren't significant. But the parts that we can see is how many times the linebacker comes and fills a gap and I did you know in in one of my uh, keys to the game today uh, I know that BYU wants to be able to play these really good strong football teams head up they want to play them head up and we can do this with our stuff the way we do it and I think that uh, sometimes you have to be able to say this team is better uh, has better talent than we do we're going to have to take some chances and we're going to have to do some things differently and those things would be attack more often, bring the safety blitz, bring uh, play man-to-man, uh, knock the tight end off his stance as he comes off the ball. So some of those things that uh, maybe are a little more of a chance, you're taking a chance, but also uh, we, I mentioned, the, uh, I think it was Nate that said uh, when he was watching one of those touchdown plays, the, the defender was sitting in a position that he was waiting for it to happen, waiting for it to happen, where he might have come up and jumped the play before it happened when he recognized recognize that it, it was that possibility. The linebackers, I think, as they see receivers running across the field wide open, they have to run a few steps with them to take them out of that open area. But there's just too wide of spaces in between those zones for BYU, and they, they leave a lot of open areas. So that would be one thing that I would uh, suggest, even though I like to play somebody straight up and just beat them, I think that BYU has to be more aggressive, take some chances, and uh, sometimes, you know, you get those uh, sacks, you get uh, fumbles created by those things, you get interceptions because a guy throws too quickly, and I think that is the thing that outweighs the the uh, the risk. You know, one thing we've noticed all year is middle of the field. Middle of the field yeah, middle of the just, field been just been wide open. open. And uh, I was surprised tonight to see the corners and the safeties uh, when the balls were completed. It's it's not like the the corners were swiping at the ball and just barely missing and the receivers making a play. I mean, these receivers and tight ends, they had a Catch good them. step. I yeah. mean, it was, you know, they were wide open. Uh, you, you know, Mark, you talk about taking these chances. The more chances you take, I mean, it's just risk-reward. And I felt like BYU today, they said, 
this Wisconsin team is physically just a very good team. And if we take chances, they're just going to handle it. I mean, that's what uh, Kalani said a couple times. You know, they, Wisconsin, they've seen everything. They know how yeah. to handle it. So I think BYU felt today, the more chances they take, the more vulnerable they're going to become because Wisconsin is so sound. But on the other hand, if it's not working, try something else. Uh, Michael Belknap uh, tweets in, quarterback situation, uh, based on what you've seen so far, who do you take moving forward? And right now it's kind of a moot discussion because uh, Tanner's not able. He's not physically able to play. Uh, based on the boot and the scooter, the boot, scoot, and boogie we saw today from uh, Tanner yeah, Mangum. Yeah, you know, boot and scooter. I, I'm is... not sure if um, if Utah State's realistic to think yeah. he's going to be ready to play because if you're in that situation, you're probably not going to be mobile for at least another week, if not longer. Um, and then can you get ready to play that kind of game that quickly? So let's say that uh, Bo gets another week, and now you're into October before Tanner's able to come back. Um, at that point, is that it is, is it a, a question for Ty Detmer to even address, or does he, does, does he say, well, no, we're going to resume with what we had when we started the season? Well, you, uh, I think in college, I think in the pros, you probably do. The, the guy that uh, is your number one quarterback, he gets to be your number one quarterback. He's got the spot. But in college, I don't think that's the way it is. I think that uh, Tanner's, unfortunately for Tanner, he's out this week. It looks as though if you're in a boot and a scoot, uh, you're out another week. The time that you're out and not practicing has in, it impedes your progress on how you're going to be able to play the game. So when you come back finally at the point that you want to get back and get back on the field, the other guy's been playing for two or three weeks, and uh, he's already made some progress and improvements. So that becomes a challenge. However, uh, again, let's not put the – I don't know if he's just talking quarterback – but, He's quarterback uh, in this case, yeah. Yeah, I know. In the second half, BYU, again, didn't cross the 40-yard line. And so, you know, the, the offense isn't just the quarterback. It's yeah. it's We've got some challenges. Wisconsin, by the way, has pitched three consecutive second-half shutouts to open the season. Um, we have to, at some point, reiterate just how good that Wisconsin team appears to be and how good we think they'll will be when the season goes on. LSU, by the way, we thought was pretty good are losing to a team that BYU will face still yet this season. Mississippi State 10, LSU 7, under 5 to go in the and first watch. half. Nate. Yeah, I just think it's worth mentioning that uh, you know people wonder, you know, what's going on with Tanner? Why is he not having the success that he had before? And it, you think back to, well, when the the team went to Ann Arbor and got locked down 35 nothing. 31 nothing. Let's not exaggerate, Nate. I thought it was 30, no, <laughs> are, 31 nothing. Are you sure? I'm positive. Really? That's funny. I was sure it was 35. And no, all, these, no. all the I fans mean, out there listening to me just getting, laughing. You're getting crazy. You're, you're, right, over, you're right. exaggerating. You never got as bad as 35 right. nothing. You're just, you were embellishing. Um, that was the same year that Tanner threw for 3,300 yards. And uh, so who did BYU play? Who does Tanner play at LSU, Utah, Wisconsin? I have no doubt that if Tanner finishes the end of this year, Tanner throws for a bunch of yards, and he looks pretty dang good. Well, uh, who's it going to be at the end of the year? We'll see how well uh, Bo does in the next game or two. You know, I, I I did this stuff, but I don't know if I should talk about it or not. UCLA and Texas hold on, hold on, hold on. Just let's use this break to yeah, let's, to, to, let's do. Let me just maybe, say this one thing. We'll discuss it off the Here's air. Here's a quick worth sharing. Mississippi State. You know how fast LSU was. Yeah. Mississippi State is staying right with them. I mean, running. When those guys are all running downfield, the Mississippi State's, they're right with them. It's SEC football, brother. I hear you. Yeah. All right, we're taking a break. This is Cougar Nation Now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery. Hashtag BYUCNN. That's for BYU, Brigham Young University, 
and Cougar Nation Now, CNN. Place that I love. Hashtag BYUCNN. You can tweet us. You can also email us. We do even take email. Email's just the same as snail mail these days, basically, on this show. <laughs> but still, we'll take it. It's Cougar Nation Now, and we have a ton of emails. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Greg and Mark and Nate kicking it around with you after Wisconsin came in and picked up a 40-6 to win over BYU today on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Nate Mickle with you. It's BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, and Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu on the email. Scott Paul, guy with two first names, emailing in from Orem, says, I'm really, I was really impressed with Wisconsin's offensive line. So were we, by the way. Kalani and his staff have put an emphasis on recruiting linemen. Can BYU duplicate what Wisconsin has done for years with its offensive line? If so... How far are they from having that caliber of line play? I turn that to both of you gentlemen, on my left and on my right. Yeah, I, absolutely. I think that uh, it's important to show up well on these TV games. That is what's important. And when you play good competitors, that's important also to be able to be in the fight. But on the other hand, uh, Kalani is an excellent recruiter. He's able to uh, get players to uh, recognize they want to be here and i think that that certainly is something that he's going to try and do i think this year we were supposed to have a more depth than normal in our offensive line i'm I'm saying our in byu's offensive line they've been expressing that they have more depth this year and yet i don't think there's been a change in rotation at all yeah i don't think that i think we've seen it every down every play you know, I think uh, what's interesting to me is BYU has been down so much this season that just really don't know how good the offensive line is because BYU doesn't really try to run the ball that much in the second half, especially with Ula. Ula's been hurt. Uh, so I think we still don't really know how good the offensive line is. But no doubt Kalani's thinking, I mean, well, Kalani's greatest strength is his recruiting ability. And uh, with my friends, I was uh, former teammates, we're thinking back to the 2005 offensive line. So you had uh, the Reynolds brothers. You had Lance and Dallas. Dallas was a legit NFL guy for several years. You had Jay Caressa. He's an NFL guy. You had Terrence Brown. Spent time in the NFL. Ray Fenga. Eddie yeah. Keel. Those are some guys up front. And if you don't have NFL guys, man, it's, it's hard to not get blown out by Wisconsin. So I think, uh, I mean, that's certainly a focus for Kalani moving forward. That's his strength, and and that's the hope. Hector Trevino emailing in, is Mo Longy hurt? And that's an interesting question because I was fairly certain I saw a mountain-sized man in (laughs) civilian clothes on the sideline today and not dressed. So he wasn't. No, he he was in the game. He was Was not. No. He he wasn't dressed? Unless he wasn't. I mean, he he wasn't dressed during pregame. Number 60, Mo Longy. Yeah, you say he was in there? Did you see he, him in there? No, but he uh, was a participant. Yeah, I I, I didn't wrong. see him with the D line at all when the game began in their group. And uh, unless he came in like second half, got dressed in the locker room, but pregame he was not. He wasn't in uh, pads. Yeah. In street Interesting. Clothes. So again, my my thought was no. The stat listed him as maybe yes, but uh, somebody else wore sixty, maybe. Yeah, he wasn't in there. Uh, I saw him on the sideline before the game, just in a, a white shirt, t-shirt type. Big thing. white shirt. And yeah. Um, yeah, the indications are that he was not playing. Uh, he was uh, he was hurt and not in there today. So uh, that so the question from Hector was answered. Yeah, he was not in there today. Mark, you had a point, and I, I want to get to some other um, 
emails uh, here and, and, and tweets. But you had a point that you teased in the last segment about UCLA. Yeah. And and it's not it's not about UCLA per se as much as it's about their quarterback and how it might relate to everything yeah. we're seeing so far. So the floor is yours to, uh, to Two share minutes. with us your master's thesis. Two minutes here. You've been preparing. <laughs> UCLA played Texas A&M uh, two weeks, three weeks ago. Something to start like the that. year in the opener. It was the opener. Yeah. And, uh, man alive, uh, Texas A&M just uh, rocked them. They had they sacked Rosen four times in the first half. Uh, in the first half, he was 9 for 23 and 114 yards, and at halftime they trailed 38 to 10. I'm talking about UCLA trailed 38 to 10. It was all Texas A&M. And uh, the announcers were saying how much he was struggling and how much difficulty it was and what's going on with uh, Josh Rosen. So in the second half, and who knows why in the world it happened. I have no idea why it happened. But in the second half, when they they get the football in the end of the third quarter, all of a sudden, everybody is open. UCLA has receivers running down the field with nobody around them. And he just lobs it out there. They catch everything. They score. They, cross, they run crossing routes. They run screens. They run the back out. And all of a sudden... Uh, in the last five possessions for UCLA, they were losing 44 to 10. In the last five possessions for UCLA, they score five times and win the football game 45 44. Uh, like second biggest comeback ever. And uh, Josh Rosen, he was a hero. <laughs> but the point that I'm making is in the first part of that game, it was it was tough. Things were hard. In the second half of the game, for some reason, everybody was open and everything went smooth. And I think this is a comparative to what BYU is seeing. The first half of their schedule, or these first four games, let's go with the first third of their schedule, it's been tough. And they've seen that Texas A&M team that's been romping on them. And I do think that in this bye week... And in the progress that they've been making throughout the throughout the season, they're going to see a change in their play similar to what UCLA saw in that second half against Texas A&M. And things just kind of went smooth for them. And uh, everybody forgot about the first half, and everybody loved the second half. <laughs> okay, I like it. We have ascertained um, in this segment that um, Mo Longy did not play. So whatever okay. the stat person put on the sheet when they put 60 M Longy, mm-hmm. that's wrong. He was not in the game today. Okay. Can I just bring up a and, 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 and it also tells me that when I when I look on the sidelines with my binoculars before the game and I see somebody so big that he can only be Mo Longy in street clothes, it's Mo Longy in street yeah. clothes. No. <laughs> so I should always trust my eyes and realize no one looks that way other than Mo Longy. So Mo wasn't out there today. So we got that out of the way. And then we heard DeMarc talk about how Josh Rosen's first half and his second half against A&M could be hopefully like BYU's first four games and then the rest of, or most of the rest of the season for BYU. That's right. Night That's and day. Hope. Night and day. Okay. And I think it's worth mentioning um, that uh, the parachuter, holy oh, cow, that was okay. close. Okay, that was close. Okay, so, oh, so, so we are in pregame. We're in pregame. Mark's Mark making a great point during our pregame discussion. He's... he's, he's, he's uh, He's expositing on, on something very salient. And I'm watching the skydivers come in. And skydivers landing in the stadium is kind of a routine thing by now. We should never think it's routine. That's, I'm sure it's very tough to do. But, you know, the first guy lands around midfield. And uh, second guy's getting ready to land around the 20 or 30. And the third guy comes in a little hot. And I can tell his angle's a not quite right. A lot of hot. He's not touching down. Right. Okay, he's not touching down in the field of play. And unlike the CFL, the end zones aren't that deep. 
And so when he got to the goal line in the air, I thought we could have an issue here because he's he's heading toward the end zone full speed, I mean, as full speed as you're going to be when you're tugging on your parachute. And sure enough, what stopped him was the padded wall at the back of the end zone. I mean, he hits the wall. So I watched the video just now. I mean, airborne hits the wall. It's, airborne, not, it's, not, like he, it's not like he hit the ground like ran into the wall. No, like with his feet, he hits the wall on a fly. I'm telling you, though, the last 10 feet, he decelerated a good, like, 20 MPHs, <laughs> and he still hit the wall. But if he doesn't get that last, like, break in, I mean, he's got broken bones. Yeah, and then his, his parachute's covering <laughs> uh, all some people up there. Yeah, right. the parachute went into the seven or eight rows. No, and bless his heart because he's fine. We know right. that he, he walked away from the thing. But, right. uh, yeah, that, that, and so Mark's doing, he's talking while I'm watching this. And so I had to momentarily ignore Mark and just kind of gasp as the dude hit the wall. Right, and you props know? to him for being able to do something that 99% of us wouldn't even dream That's of right. attempting. Yeah, but you, you know the, these Navy SEAL parachutists are probably tough enough to hit the wall. It's back, right. it's probably Maybe part of their training. Was, yeah, that's probably <laughs> they, they probably do it in drills. We're going to throw you into a padded wall a few times, and you're just going to keep doing it and getting up, and uh, that's how you prove your worth. Anyway, uh, as we head to break, and this is kind of uh, uh, not terribly uh, apropos of anything other than the fact that what we do is interesting, in that uh, we as radio broadcasters are the uh, are the eyes for our audience. Um, who are obviously in most cases not able to see what we're, what it is we're describing, and then there are there are there are people out there uh, for whom we are really the only option to receive the details of a football game. Um, this gentleman Bryant, who emailed us, is uh, is blind, and, and he said and he addressed all three of us. This is just a nice way to head to break. I just want to tell you how much I enjoy listening to the three of you calling games. I am blind, so watching football on TV is less meaningful. I've been listening to you since midway of last season, and ever since I've been a proud Cougar fan. He said, thanks for all that you do, calling games uh, through heart-stopping and exciting moments. Love you guys and go Cougars. And we would simply reflect back to Bryant our appreciation yeah. that uh, we love you and thank you uh, for being a great Cougar fan and joining the games through us. And so hopefully we do uh, the games justice yep. uh, to your ears, and uh, we, we, we trust that you'll stay with us and keep enjoying Cougar football because it is our pleasure and we do appreciate the fact that you're able to still uh, enjoy the games through us. So, Bryant Walker, wherever you are, uh, thank you for thanking us because uh, we appreciate you uh, sharing your days with us. Where his goal, his compliment is our goal. That's our objective is to try and tell people what's going on well enough that they can understand it. So, Bryant, thank you and bless you. And we'll come back with more Cougar Nation now. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. On Twitter. Hey, before the break, uh, I just said we we're going to go to break. When I come back, let's talk about Micah Simon. Yeah. Okay? yeah I, like, okay. I like Micah Simon a lot, and I want to discuss yeah. him with you when we come back. BYU uh, falls to Wisconsin today, 40-6 to six here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Hey, welcome back. Wisconsin 40 and BYU 6, our final score. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN. At Chaplain Schumann with a second tweet into us, love that BYU took that shot at the end of the first half to get the field goal. Great catch by Simon. So Matt, uh, Micah Simon came into today with three catches for 32 yards. And his three catches for 32 yards were all third-down conversion catches, by the way. Yeah. So it was three targets, three catches, I think, or four targets, three catches. Either way, he was catching pretty much everything. And today, 
he ends up with three catches for 60 yards, including the long completion of the year, 50 yards from uh, Bodge, uh, from Bohage to Micah. So Micah doubles his catch total in one game today. And I say, and I, this is just me, I'm no expert, but I like the way he plays and how he catches it and the kind of inviting target he is. And uh, if they have to run a few plays designed for Micah to get yeah. open and get the ball, I say uh, more power to him. He's good. So the thing that amazes me about football is you can line the guys up and watch them run, and you think you know about them. You watch how fast they are. You watch you know, their knees and their how high they lift them and their arms, and you think you know. And then you watch them in one-on-ones, and you watch guys get open. You say, oh, look at that route. Look at that cut. Look at that stick. That guy can play. And then they get in the game, and you just don't see it. And then you have a guy that just starts to emerge. And that's Micah Simon to me, where you watch him in practice, and he does a good job, but he doesn't jump out at you like he's better than anybody else. But just it keeps happening. Why does, yeah. why does he keep popping up? And it, it reminds me a little bit of somebody like Scott Johnson. Now, Scott is one of those guys that you look at him, you watch him run a 40, you stand him in a line next to everybody, and he's the least <laughs> impressive that guy's a dentist. Anybody. That's what you would say. Right. That, that He's guy's a, dentist. a dentist. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then, man, he gets in the game, and he just makes plays, right place, right time, always just knocking somebody sideways. And it seems like Mike is just one of those guys that's emerging. And through the course of several games, you realize, okay, this guy's a football player. He's not just a guy that's athletic. He's a legit football player. That's what it seems like it is with Mike Simon. Mark, any thoughts on Mike? Yeah, I really like him. The the pass that uh, Bo threw him, the 50-yarder. Oh, it was close. Oh, you're, oh, you're the 50-yarder was 50 good. 50-yarder. The first thing I thought was it was right on stride. I saw in the replay that he jumped for that ball. and It actually has to reach up and catch it up over his head, so it was a more of a difficult catch than just uh, he had to run it down, first of all, to get to it, and then uh, extend himself and jump off the ground. So it was a great catch. So the other one, though, that he dropped, uh, I, for, I liked it. Like he went up one-handed for it, kind of. It looked like he was maybe going to haul it in. Um, I didn't make a, a clear point earlier when I mentioned uh, Neil Pau. Oh, how yeah. when Neil gets in, he, he seems to make things happen. And and then Greg said, "Yeah," and he dropped that one in the end zone. But to me, it was one of those that like he ran a really nice route and got open, and it was a tough position, almost made the play. And and that's what I thought Micah was today. Technically, that's going to go down as a drop. At least that's what the wide receivers coach classified it as. But he got one hand up there and, and almost hauled it in. It looked yeah. like an athletic play. So when you talk about the officials, and I mean the plays in one-on-one, and BYU runs that down and out, that down and out, that down and out in practice and those one-on-ones all the time, and we still don't see them. We saw yeah. one today. We saw one today Third where, down. Uh, on uh, to uh, Trinaman, and it was more of a comeback route than the out route. But it, oh no! It was the one that got thrown inside and got picked. Oh, the one for Pau. That was that Pau or was it uh, the one that, Yeah, the yeah one right that, down there. I was, yeah. was Pau. Didn't, yeah. didn't Bo's legs get taken out as he was throwing it? Uh, I tried to watch a replay. I, when I saw it live, I was looking more at the receiver. He and, and you said his feet weren't. Set. He didn't Something get a push was, off the back okay. step. Yeah, that's for sure. So I do think he saw the guy wanted to throw it quicker than he was ready to throw. Uh, okay. All right, uh, we are uh, going to read a tweet from uh, Chappie, our friend uh, It's Chappie, uh, at It's Chappie. He said he enjoyed Kalani saying that he's told Tom to keep scheduling the tough opponents. Kalani came in the booth here and said, you know what? He said, I appreciate you guys kind of giving me an out by saying that the games are really tough. But he says, I want to keep playing these teams and keep playing these games. And Chappie says, BYU fans wanted a better home schedule, and, and here it is. And, yeah, Kalani's hope is to um, – 
play the best and beat the best to then become like the best. And so Kalani's not backing down and and not bemoaning the front-loaded nature of the schedule. You know what it is as an independent. And so what's here is here for a while. Uh, the schedules that are built for the next number of years don't get demonstrably easy. They'll maintain a balance of strong, strong P5s and then some games you can hope to win. But uh, not much will change, and BYU has to rise to meet those challenges. That's the way I like it. I agree that, uh, boy, in fact, it's keeping me alive in this thing. <laughs> they keep scheduling these games, and next year is no different. Uh, it is great next year, and, and uh, it just becomes a... Uh, they're so entertaining, and it gives you the opportunity to go out and play a really good team. Uh, Michigan State, unfortunately, wasn't as good as we expected them to be, but that was still a win against a Big Ten on the road. And, you know, those kind of things are an accomplishment that you have to say, that's great. I'll tell you what, though, as a player, you want this. Let me let me go back a little history lesson, 2006. Now, So we played Tulsa, beat them 49-24. It was a little close in the first half, but blew them out by the end. Next time we play USU, 38 nothing, crush them. Then we play San Diego State, 47-17. A pattern starting to emerge in these home games. I remember busing to the stadium. We're playing UNLV the next week thinking, like, eh, mm-hmm. we're going we're gonna to crush them. Mm-hmm. We're going to be up by 40 at half, and I'm only going to play two or three quarters. We beat them 52-7. to The next time we played home, it was for the conference championship. We had to beat Wyoming. And I'm thinking, I'm going to play a half. We beat them 55-7. to the final home game, we're playing New Mexico. I remember busting to the stadium. It's my final home game, thinking, like, New oh, Mexico. this is cool and all, but we're going to crush them, and I'm going to play three quarters. We beat them 42-17. So that is the nice thing. When you play Wisconsin, when you play LSU, well, who else, who's the next uh, big team coming to Provo? I mean, even Boise. You play these big games as a player, it's a blast. And as a fan, you want to come to these games because, man, it's going to be fun if BYU wins. Look what I get to hang my hat on. In 1967, we went up to Oregon State, and they were ranked in the top 10, and we beat them 31 to 13. And not only did we beat them, it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> the next week, they go beat number three in the nation, Purdue, something like that. I don't remember for sure. They ended up ended up in the season ranked in the top 10. And we beat them. And I get to tell you about that today. It's an accomplishment that when you play these kind of teams and you go out there and you whoop them and you get that victory, it's a badge that you get to wear the rest of your life. And every once in a while, we get together like the seven of us last night and talk about (laughs) Oregon State. (laughs) Sometimes you whoop them. Sometimes you get whooped. Sometimes you do. Sometimes you lose or you're down at half, 7-17, to LSU or to Mississippi State. Yeah. Sometimes... Your head. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's pretty scary. I can't believe it. So they're in Starkville, Mississippi State 17, LSU 7 is the halftime score. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So we'll be there in, well, about a month. Yeah. Yeah, we will be there. That's one of we, those games. We whooped them last year right here, baby. You can win that game. That's the badge. That's, the one, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. It's 50 years from now, these guys are going to be meeting together. <laughs> Four weeks from today will be where LSU is and yes. losing by 10 at halftime right now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. LSU's down 10 at the break? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we'll be there in four weeks from today. Starkville, Mississippi. More cowbell. We have one more break. It's right now. So that means I've got to get you our skill testing trivia question. So someone out there can win two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. This is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, after all. And it's brought to you by our good folks at the BYU Creamery. The classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. 
Who is the only player in BYU football history to lead the Cougars in receiving yards in four consecutive seasons? Give us your answer, either on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN, or on email, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. I think I know. That's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu, or use the hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, and tell us now who is the only player in BYU football history to lead the Cougars in receiving yardage in four consecutive years. The first correct answer we get, whether emailed or tweeted, is winning two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. So, fire away. We'll see who's the winner after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. In each of the last ten Associated Press Top 25 polls, Wisconsin's been in the top ten. They're likely to make it 11 for 11. Next week, they beat BYU 40-6 to today and looked every bit the part of a top ten team. Jonathan Taylor ran for 128 yards on 18 carries, 7.1 yards per tote. BYU's Ula Tolutau was the leading ground gainer, 58 yards on 13 carries, 4.5 yards per carry. BYU's second half saw the Cougars struggle to uh, zero points and only 17 snaps as the Badgers pull away for the 40-6 to decision. So before the break, we gave a question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. The question was, who's the only BYU player to lead the Cougars in receiving yards in four straight seasons. My hint was going to be he, he was in the stadium the today. He was in the stadium today and carried out the flag. He's one of four flag bearers for BYU, and the answer is Cody Hoffman. And the first person to tell us on the Twitter this time was Melissa. And she's on the Twitter at, at Yolissa12, and she's from Gilbert, Arizona. And so I'm going to DM Melissa and... Uh, no, you know who Melissa is. She's not from Gilbert, Arizona. What is she then? See, she's from Idaho Falls. She's my neighbor, and she's the husband of the she's, Peterson. She's not a husband. Wait a she's a wife. <laughs> she's not a husband. She's not a husband. <laughs> she's the wife of the Peterson that won a couple times ago. Remember when I said, "Yeah, he's from Idaho Falls," and you said, "Wait, you know that guy?" So well, it's he's sending the so family. So now, now Melissa won this time. But you can't you're argue, that, but, the... but you can't argue that she's not from Gilbert. Yeah, you're well, she the... lived in Gilbert. Yeah. She, I mean, she grew up across the street from me. Okay. You're going to send the ice cream to Gilbert, right? Well, we're going to send it wherever she wants it. Well, I'd send it to here in Utah County. She just hasn't updated her Twitter. Mm. Anyway, point being, it's the spouse. That's crazy. That, that, Peterson, who was? Small but they're, they're so diehard. So I'm going to slide into her it. DMs and, uh, and get her to contact us, and we'll get the information exchanged. See, here's Mike Peterson texting me right now. <laughs> Look at that. So uh, <laughs> this, is not, this was not an inside job, by the way. This was not a setup. Yeah. She won it fair and square. So Melissa is a winner. He and texted said, Nate and asked No, it's not the way it worked. She said Cody Hoffman. She said Cody Hoffman. <laughs> that was the right answer. But see, we right knew that, correct. but no props to me. I'm a receiver. Like, yeah, you're going to know these things. Right. You guys have a fraternity. Uh, and uh, there were some incorrect guesses, like the one from Chaplain Schumann, who said he's listening in Kuwait. And we would have sent ice cream to Kuwait. <laughs> we would have done that. We would have sent ice cream to Kuwait for him. We would have done that. <laughs> Seriously, they will pack it. Yeah, I know they would pack it, but I'm afraid they would think it was a bomb. Now, there's no need to go there. You don't need to say that. Okay. Gosh. We would have sent the ice cream to Kuwait. We, I, I would have tried to do that, but he didn't win, so it's, not, it's a moot point. Melissa, you are a winner. Uh, by the way, we had a funny tweet from Gary Hansen, 
who said, why did BYU accept the holding penalty on Wisconsin late in the fourth quarter, which let Wisconsin have another shot at third down, which gave them a score? I think it made it third and 18, and they scored on it, something like that. that, yeah, that it, made it, third, it made it third and 18. And we remember the discussion at the time. It's either going to be fourth and, like, two from the three. Oh, you're or, right. Or, uh, it was a five-yard completion on third and eight. And so it would have been fourth and three. From around the three. And they decided to give him another shot at it, back him up to the 18, and then what happened? Yeah, well, he threw the touchdown pass right, to right. Fumagalli. So that's one you got to remember. So next time yeah, you're next in that time? situation. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I remember discussing it at the time. And then uh, and I'll tell you what else. They probably would have blocked the field goal. <laughs> could have changed things around. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess that should do it for today. Uh, we gave Melissa some ice cream. We uh, we we uh, we t- talked about the the third down that got changed into a repeated third down and why that happened. Not really that significant in the overall scheme of things, but interesting at the time. Uh, we talked about some cheese. We talked about cheese. Mark, anything like you'd like to share with the audience before we uh, say so long? Well, we're not on the air next week. Oh, that's right. We have no game next week. Uh, we'll be off by week. No coaches show. No coordinators corner. Well, uh, we're taking a, a week off, and uh, we'll have a couple soccer games Monday. BYU and Mark's granddaughter, Maddie, home to Kansas, 1 o'clock at Southfield. I'll call that game, and I'll call Friday's game against a UVU, BYU and UVU soccer. No football, and we're back with you the next week with BYU at Utah State on a Friday night. Yeah. So our next game is 13 days from today. It'll be hard to, it'll be hard to not to be here and watch the next. You know, it's, it was, I, don't like Bi, I didn't like Byes as a player. I didn't like him as a coach, and I don't like him very much as an announcer, but... This year, I like it because uh, I think they need to take some time and uh, work some things out in practice. I really hope uh, that they make some changes in their practice attitude, and I think that they need to upscale the tempo a little bit in practice because if you go do the same things every week like you think you're going to get better, you get better just a little bit. You've got to get better a lot, and so I think that uh, they need to make some changes as far as what they're doing in practice each day now they'll probably take three days off we don't know huh we forgot to ask well i'm not sure um i forgot to ask as much as i just presume that in the bye week they'll have uh you know probably a day or two yeah yeah so uh i would like to see that they make some changes that way and uh bump it up a little bit i'll say this it's been a tough three-game stretch not a lot to get excited about a couple games ago, I, I texted my brother and I said, hey, come here uh, excited to watch the D and look for the D because if, if you want to be excited against Utah, that's probably where your excitement is going to come because BYU is not going to score a lot of points. Now, the the drive today where they just gave it to Ula a bunch and they went down and almost scored the touchdown, remember how exciting that was? That was pretty fun. And I've not felt a lot of that this season. Uh, I think in the next few weeks we're going to feel that. I think it's going to be more fun. I know the players, that's their mindset. So I say hang in there. It's going to get more fun. It's going to be more exciting. That said, BYU's in no position to take any team for granted. No way. Right now. I'm, yeah. not saying they're going to, I'm not saying they're going to win in Logan for sure. They're not going to be on the bus like you were looking at all those Mountain West games in 06 going, ah, probably not. Yeah, probably it's not, not going to happen for a while. But. It's going to be more exciting. There are going to be more moments because it's going to be closer. It's, there's, I mean, it just wasn't exciting in the second half today. We're but, going to but, have some excitement. Right. And there, but but the, um, uh, the the no touchdown, low points thing has to obviously. And I think it will. I think it will. I mean, they've got some players. They've got uh, Ula's a player. I think Bo can make stuff happen. Micah Simon's a player. Bushman's a player. 
Jonah Trinman can always take the top off the D. They've got guys that can score some points. I think it's going to happen. I just have to use. I think they have to be more uh, intent on using some of those skilled people that we were right. you know, that you know are product can be productive because right. they they're waiting for it to happen, and I think they have to make it happen. We saw a cameo from Austin Convensis today. I think it was consecutive plays in which he went direct snap and handoff, two carries, uh, seven yards. So he got his first offensive snaps of the season today. The former Wisconsin commit played against his old team, as did Ula, who led BYU in rushing. All right, that's going to do it, folks. We will talk to you all uh, next week. Nope, I just said we wouldn't. We'll do it a week from Friday at Utah State to BYU at Utah State. So let's thank all those who made tonight's broadcast possible. Our crew back east, our board operator Carter Malloy, our network manager Mike Tingle, coordinating producer Dave Shook, the good people at BYU Broadcasting, uh, Cole Wissinger, who runs the board there for us, much appreciation, our interns, uh, Tommy and Emma, who were in studio, Tanner and Michael, who were at the stadium, our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter, Doug Martin, our engineer, Barry Squires, sports information staff at BYU, Duff Tittle, Brett Pine, Kenny Cox, Jenny Wheeler, and others. Thanks to all those folks. My name is Greg Rubel, he's Mark Lyons, he's Nate Mickle, and we're the broadcast crew bringing it all to you. And today it was Wisconsin 40 and BYU 6, our final score. So no football next week. We'll talk to you a week from Friday in Logan where the 6-15 pregame and an 8-15 kick on the 29th of September. BYU and Utah State, that'll be our next game as the Cougars look for their first FBS win of this season. The Cougars and the Aggies in-state battle in Logan. All right, that's going to do it. Wisconsin 40, BYU 6. Thanks for tuning in, folks, being with us all day long. We appreciate it bringing it to you. So in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football. On the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah.